T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, I was going to do something completely different today. Uh, You know, a lot going on with the markets, Russia, Ukraine, inflation, energy prices, all kinds of things going on. And we were going to talk about some of that today. But I recently gave my email, which is andy.gersher at odyssey.com. And again, that's andy.g-i-e-r-s-h-e-r at odyssey.com that's odyssey a-u-d-a-c-y dot com i recently given out my email and i got three emails asking about the dow theory and about the levels we've been watching the dow theory went bearish and testing a level we had been watching for a while so we're going to answer those emails and we're going to give the people what they want I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gaines. All right, bringing on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond, Indiana. He's also author of the book, Winning with the Dow's Losers. Always great to have you on the Gaines Podcast, Chuck. Well, thanks for having me, Andy. I appreciate it. I actually got a couple of emails. I was going to do something different today. And, Chuck, I got a couple of emails asking about the Dow Theory specifically. And so I was like, we're going to just have to to cover this because there were some levels that bounced around and there were a lot of questions. I got three emails. So for those who emailed me out there, thanks for the uh for the questions and then we got it hey chuck we got to give the people what they want so right, let, so let's Absolutely. talk doubt theory there were some questions about where we go now so uh just to kind of recap the dow theory the last week or so um and chuck's you know an expert on the dow theory that's why we go to him to discuss chuck you were telling us about this 30 this dow dow industrial level of 34,000 22.04 and that was a level we had been watching for a long time and we were looking for the dow industrials to close below that level indicating that the dow theory had turned bearish and we've seen the market all over the place well it did pop over that one level on a close that we had been watching after it had already you know given us the signal and i think the big question is you know, what What does that mean, if anything? So just kind of take it from there, uh, Chuck. Okay, well, uh, again, the once, j- just to kind of briefly recap, so in, in 
the Dow theory looks at the movements of the Dow Jones Industrial Average and Dow Jones Transportation Average, and from those movements, discerns whether the market's primary trend, the trend that typically lasts 8 to 12 months at a minimum, whether that trend is, is bullish or bearish. Uh, as Andy mentioned, we had been on a bull market signal, um, but there was kind of a, a, a bit of danger in the sense that the Dow Jones Transportation Average did go to significant lows in January. Now, that was not confirmed immediately by a similar decline in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And one of the tenets of the Dow theory is that you need confirmation of both averages in order to affect a significant signal change. So we didn't have that. So as Andy mentioned, we, you know, we had been waiting and seeing, and there were a lot of days in there where the Dow Industrials was dancing below that December 1st level of 34,022.04, but it didn't close below that. Then it would rally, and then it would kind of come down intraday, but it would hold that. Um, But finally, it did go below that level on Tuesday, February 22nd. It closed below the 34,022.04, thus changing the primary trend from bullish to bearish. So so the question is now, you know, what's next? Where do I look? What's the point um, to be watching? Well, when you have a, a clear kind of signal change, kind of an uh, all clear sign that basically kind of flushes out everything that happened up, up to that point. So, that that, that 34,024 uh, point or 22.04 level no longer now is is significant in a sense where we kind of start you know you start the clock over. So as soon uh, as you, you so as soon as you have you broke through that level the confirmation because you had mentioned in January the transports had already hit that level the industrials finally hit that 34,022.04 level on the close, indicating that the Dow theory is now bearish. That wipes out everything, right? You're starting with a clean slate. Correct. Okay. So and, th- and so now what, what you're looking for at this point is, because it's bear market, you're looking for now the, the next significant low point to be established here, both in the Dow Jones Transportation Average and the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And, and that oftentimes takes a little bit of time. Um, to, to, you know, for the, for the, down tr- the downtrend to end. And, we, and if you look at the industrials, for example, you know, yes, we, we did have a, a pop above that 34,000 level momentarily, but, you know, it's not unusual, right, when you have bear market, a, a change in the trend to a bear market, that you get these kind of reflex pops. I mean, as you know, during bear markets, there's always kind of bull market rallies or short-term, not bull market rallies, but but bear market rallies where you get these secondary corrections. A lot of times they're driven by short short covering, for example. And we saw that, you know, last week where you had a lot of people on the short side of things. And, uh, you know, they, they tended to cover. And when they cover vigorously, you get those kind of 800-point moves like we saw on Friday. So it's not unusual that you have a market then, you know, kind of rally following an immediate bear market signal. But typically what happens is that the, that energy uh, that drives that very, very short-term rally dissipates, and then the market kind of subsides and comes back, which is kind of what happened today. And, you know, the Dow pulling down and making now, uh, let me, you know, coming back down to, to an, another level that's, that's below the uh, the level of that 34,000. So, you know, what we're waiting to see is kind of where this 
current downtrend in both the industrials and transports kind of bottoms out. And is there a time uh, frame involved? I mean, it, this doesn't yeah, happen you know, in it, a day, it, right? Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah. And that's the tough. That's the that's where a bit of the art comes into play here. There isn't exactly, you know, a timing issue. If 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 in fact the low point in the industrials, which is the low point close, was was the February twenty third close of thirty three thousand one hundred and thirty one. So we're 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 above that right now, even with today's decline. You know, if you and I have a conversation three weeks from now and that low is held and most importantly we've had a more significant rally you know, somewhere around three to five percent off that level then I would feel comfortable saying, yeah, that's probably the, the next low point that, that we're going to watch and see how the market responds to that low point. Okay. Um, but it's too, you know, to me, it's, it's too soon yet in a sense of, you know, we haven't gotten to that point yet. And, and you know, we've only had a few days. And typically, it, you know, it, these things can take, you know, three weeks, maybe a little bit longer to pan out. So, um uh, you know, real you know, that, quick, that's though. Kinda, again, where the art comes in. So, so the fact of the matter is, you know, we had that low, that low, that February 23rd low is still the low. We had some pretty, pretty aggressive movements, um, but we'll see if that low can hold. I mean, if, if somebody's looking just on a very, very short-term basis to see how, you know, how this trend may pan out, yeah, I mean, you don't want to see the Dow go to a new intermediate low here below the 33,131. My guess it probably will, and eventually it'll stop, and you'll get a pretty decent market rally that probably is, you know, going to last three weeks and probably recoup, you know, three to seven percent of of the previous decline. Um, so, so that's kind of what's what's happening now. I think it's it's very premature to kind of look at day-to-day, you know, daily moves and try to determine that, hey, Dow Theory has turned bullish. It just doesn't work that way. And especially I, considering I that's one of the strengths. Especially considering, I mean, we're seeing what it confirmed is a major shift. I mean, it can, it, 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 it that confirmation uh, has, you know, it's a major shift from bullish to bearish. So you got to think that it's going to take a little time to shape out. Um, if just for the sake of argument right now, though, um, what are those lows that, that you are currently watching that, that will probably yeah, take low, out? Let's the, talk the about low, the transports you know, first. The, the, yeah, the recent low, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, the, the, the recent lows uh, that are, are worth watching just to kind of see if they can provide any kind of support here on the Dow Jones Industrial Average, that recent low is 33,131.76. It's the February 23rd low. So that's 33,131.76. And on the Dow Jones Transportation Average, that low would be, and I will get that here in a moment, that low is also the February 23rd low. It's 14,000 523.47. Five hundred and twenty-three point four seven. So those those are technically, I mean, they could you know obviously bust through and move lower and whatnot. But just to kind of reestablish things, those are the most recent lows. So those are the bottom right now. Correct. Yeah, yeah. those are the bottom right now. And again, you know whether those those can hold. You know, time is going to play a part of that. Again, if you and I are having this conversation three weeks from now, and those are the lows. 
still, then I would feel more confident saying, okay, those, those are the, those are the lows right now. Let's see if we get a decent rally and maybe we have had one between now and three weeks from now, and then see if those lows hold again. And then if those, if that rally move that occurred gets taken out to the upside, that would signal a change in the trend from, from bearish back to bullish. And you make a good point. Typically, when you get these changes in the primary trend, um, because a doubt theory requires a series of confirmations to, to make those changes, they tend to be significant, and they don't tend to get reversed in five days, you know, two weeks, four weeks. Um, you know, they tend to have, they tend to last for a while. Now, there has been serious time compression over the last several years with bear markets where they have not dragged on, fortunately, for, you know, 12 to 18 to 24 months. And I want you to t- um, hit on that. I want I want you to explain why that is. We talk about time compression all the time. Explain what has led to that and what you actually mean by that. Yeah, well, what I mean by that is, you know, time compression, meaning that things, market moves that, that you know, historically would take, you know, eight months, 12 months, 24 months for a market to peel back, you know, 15, 20, 25 percent. Uh, you know, we can see those in a much shorter time frame. And part of that is driven by just the frictionless movement of, of, of money now in the market in terms of, you know, with, a, with a, a press of a button, you can move literally billions of dollars and you can do it through trading vehicles such as exchange traded funds and things like that, which didn't even exist, you know, in, in, in a big way, you know, 15 years ago, uh, 20 years ago. So, you know, it is much easier to push money around quickly and thus causing these types of more violent moves is time compression. So, you know, you go back to, uh, you know, when the pandemic first started and the market just cratered in March of, uh, of, of 2020 now, I guess that is, uh, the market, the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell about 11,000 points in 27 trading days. Now think about that. 27 trading days, Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 11,000 points. That's time. That's violent time compression. Right. That was also maybe the shortest bear market on record. So, you know, I don't want to discount if somebody says, well, can this thing be all wrapped up in four weeks? Sure. I don't think it's a high probability that that's the case. Um, but is it possible? Yeah, it, it could be possible. I don't think that's going to be the case, but it has happened in the past. Typically, though, I would think that, you know, instead of your, your 8 to 12 to, to 24 month bear markets, you know, you're probably, you know, time compression is probably going to take it down to, you know, four to eight months. So, you know, hopefully before the end of this year, um, you know, the, tra- the, the trend would have changed back from, from bearish to bullish. But we'll have to wait and see. You know, the one factor that potentially can be the, the biggest sticking point in all of this is, you know, the nature of this bear market signal is occurring at a time when we haven't seen it in previous bear market signals in the last really 20 years. And it's not the Ukraine-Russia issue. It's the fact that inflation is running as hot as it's running. The, the fact that inflation is, is kind of a, 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 an accessory to this bear market signal is something that does give me pause because, you know, inflation can get real ugly in terms of with stocks, particularly if you have inflation with a with an economy that's starting to roll over. Oh, um, so you're concerned about a lot of maybe this is a sign of a lot of down, additional downside. 
Perhaps, yeah. perhaps. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think this. Yeah, I mean, and, and hopefully I'm wrong. Um, and but I, you know, this bear market signal I don't think is necessarily a derivation of the Ukraine Russia issue. I think, you know, I, I hope it is because those tend to be fairly short, short-lived. Those types of reactions. Um, but if we're get, you know, I think the bigger issue that investors need to weigh. And the market is constant, is going to be weighing is, is is again. I don't think the Russian Ukraine issue, but I think it's going to be. You know, are we going to get into an a, what's called a stagflationary environment? Are we going to see inflation still hot at the same time that the economy is rolling over and turning down? Explain and, why that's so bad. We hear that stagflation. Talk about a. Bad, bad scenario. For the Gaines listeners who aren't familiar with that term, just explain that real quick. It hasn't happened to the 70s, but in effect, you know, inflation generally is accompanied by rising interest rates. So you've got rising interest rates, which increase the cost of money for people. You have rising interest rates, which make alternatives to stocks more attractive. And then you have inflation, which devalues the future, basically erodes your spending power and and, and erodes what you're willing to pay for growth. So now you've got a situation where you've got high interest rates, you've got um, PE contraction because people are paying less for growth. So you have PE ratios contracting. So valuations are contracting right at the same time. The corporate profits are getting killed because the economy's rolling over. And that is just a bullion base of pain for because you have a lousy economy so you, you know those three factors Andy, that we talk about all the time the right. drive markets in a sustained way in, interest rates inflation and corporate profits stagflation is is the you know the the, uh, the uh, you know the, the trio of pain there because now you've got rising interest rates bad for the market you've got falling corporate profits bad for the market and you've got rising inflation bad for the market so it's that you know that is the the uh, triumvirate of badness for stocks. So in, that's what you don't want, and you know that's the that's a fear that you know here you have inf- inflation clearly rising and on the negative side of things. Corporate profits still are hanging in there, and I, you would still probably put them on the bullish side of the ledger. And you've got interest rates that are probably n- neutral. But if you get into a situation where you know, interest rates start to rise. The Fed certainly is going to do their best to increase interest rates next year to or this year to reduce inflation. But in the process of doing those rates, do they tank the economy? Uh, then you got some real problems. And and that is the one issue here that gives me a little pause in saying, well, this we're going to see the same time compression, and this whole thing's going to get wrapped up in four to six months. It could. I hope it does. But that is the one thing that, that does concern me out there. That concerns me much more than Ukraine, Russia, quite frankly. I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people who follow markets realize that, yeah, inflation and some of these other factors are a much bigger deal economically than uh, Russia, Ukraine. We're going to take a break real quick here. And then when we get back with Chuck, we're going to talk about the play. Just wanted to recap those levels now, those new base levels that were put in on the 23rd, February 23rd, that transports level, 14,000. Transports level is yeah, 14,523.47. Yeah, I'm sorry, 14, 000, oh, no, no problem, 14,523.47. And then yeah. go ahead, you know, that 33,000, the industrials, go ahead, give that. 
Yeah, and the industrials, same day, it's the February 23rd low. And that low was... 33,133.76. Correct. Yeah. 33,131.76. See, I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm hanging on every word <laughs> that you say, Chuck. Um, hey, real quick, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. Uh, we drop gains episodes on Tuesday and Thursday afternoons. We'll be right back with Chuck Carlson to talk about the play with the Dow Theory currently being bearish. We'll be right back. If you enjoy learning about Chicago and its communities, culture, and people, you will love Shades of the City. It's a new podcast from News Radio, WBBM, and Odyssey, hosted by me, Lauren Brown, where I pass the mic to the people and allow them to tell their stories their way. Subscribe now on the Odyssey app or Apple Podcasts, and stay tuned every other Friday starting March 11th for new episodes. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Verizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter out of Hammond. And he's also the author of the book, Winning with the Dow's Losers. Real quick, I know you always give this website. It's great for the gains listeners. It's on high growth stocks. Um, what's that website? Uh, give us that information, Chuck, real quick. Sure. It's, uh, it covers uh, small cap stocks and uh, some mid cap stocks as well. And then that uh, newsletter is Upside, and the website to go check it out is UpsideStocks.com, UpsideStocks.com. So be sure to check that out. All right, so now when we talked about the, the Dow theory, and, and we mentioned those two levels, the, the uh, uh, base levels that were put in on the 23rd, the transports, 14,523 and change, the uh, industrials, 33,131 and change. So those are the base levels that we're looking at now. What is the play here? Do you dollar cost into a, a, a Dow theory that's indicating a bear market? Do you wait for things to settle and turn positive before you uh, start buying? Uh, 
If you have a lot of money that's, you know, dry powder, we always say, on the sidelines, what, what do you do there? So how, how do you kind of play the Dow Theory when it just turns bearish and, and how do you maximize? Because ultimately you want to buy when stocks are on sale. So when this eventually does come back, I mean, you really, and we always talk about this too, you really make hay in these down markets. So what's the play here, Chuck? Yeah, I think the play, it, and, and again, I wish I could say this is the play. The fact of the matter is everybody's a little bit different because everybody has a little bit different investment time horizons, et cetera. I, I, I think the, the, in general terms, the play is um, raise some cash. Uh, and, and again, how do you do that? Well, I think you go through your, your investments and, you know, if you're, you know, what we do, for example, is let's say we have an account, uh, an investment portfolio that, that is that we typically run fully invested or near fully invested in, in stocks. We may take that down right now to 80 to 85 percent equity. So, again, we're not we're not making a huge all or nothing bet. And I would I would recommend don't do that because you may get lucky and, you know, you may feel good when the market's going down. But you kind of get back in, especially if you're somebody with a longer term time frame. And all or nothing bets really make it difficult for people to get back in because they become very nervous about getting it back, getting money back in. What we do is try to do two things. One, try to play a little bit of defense so it, it cushions. It doesn't eliminate, but it cushions the downside blow. But more importantly, it gives you some cash to be able to go out and buy some stocks. Now, the, the question is, when do you buy? Well, I think this idea of portfolio upgrading should be done all the time. And that's the case where, you know, let's say you target now 80 to 85% of your portfolio in equities. That doesn't necessarily mean you don't do anything at that point. What it does say is, listen, if you see a stock that you like that has come down and it's better than one that you, you have in your portfolio, do the trade, you know, swap out, sell the one and buy the other, you know, keeping your equity exposure pretty consistent uh at some point in here and i think it's it's again too early there may be an opportunity then to start to put uh you know that that 15 to 20 percent that you pulled out start putting that back in as well but again i would typically be more inclined to kind of wait to at least see if you know, recent lows hold for any extended period of time yeah does that mean you're not going to be buying at the exact bottom you may not be, um, but you know the, the, that's okay. If you know if, if 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 the market is going to make a turn in earnest, and you have a change from bearish to bullish, the fact is, if you buy something and you're buying it, you know, five points off its bottom, you know, you're going to still make a lot of money over time because it's you know if it's a, tre- a true trend trend change to bullish, and it's a quality stock. Yeah, maybe you didn't buy it at the bottom, but you're going to do just fine. You're still probably going to be buying at 10, 15% off its peak and or maybe 20% and, and you're going to make money over time. So, you know, the, the, the best thing is continually upgrade. Keep in mind this concept that you only have a certain amount of money and you want to make sure that amount of money is always invested in your best ideas and your your universe of best ideas could grow as the market pulls back as more and more quality stocks are coming down. You know, that's, that's, that's the play. It, it, it isn't necessarily going out now and yeah, we've got a market that, that is sold off and let's go buy the heck out of it. Now, if you're somebody 
that was running a portfolio pretty fully invested. Now, on the other hand, if you're somebody who's been sitting in cash for, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting, and you don't have any exposure to the market, then you probably should go out and get a little bit. Um, and, and, and if and you're a newbie, the pullback here. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a newbie, uh, I mean, talk about a time to start investing. Right. <laughs> I, you know, that, you know, that, that would be like just real quick. I mean, most of the gains listeners I'm sure are probably exposed to stocks already, but if, you are just starting to invest right now. Boy, I'll tell you what, this is an opportunity to get started. And there's very not a ton of downside risk when you start buying at these levels. Explain oh, that right. real quick. And, yeah, and especially if you have, you know, if you're somebody, you know, you're you're you know, you're in your twenties or your thirties and you got a thirty, forty year investment time horizon, I'm not sure you should be, you know, putzing around too much other than, okay, let's put some of this money to work. And if you're concerned about you know, dropping it all in at once, then, you know, use this idea that Andy mentioned of dollar cost averaging, where you say, listen, I've got, you know, I want to, I want to, I've got $10,000 or, or 20,000 hours, and I want to put that in the market, set it out, and you're going to say, listen, I'm going to get it in, in, in there over the next 12 months. So 12 months from now, that money's going to be fully invested. And then basically put in, you know, put, break it up into 12s and put it in once a month. And if, uh, for the next 12 months, or and if you get a situation where the market really sells off, accelerate it, and, and maybe you put in two months worth in a month. But get in. I mean, don't, you know, don't don't worry about. Oh, geez, I may put that money in and it's going to go down. I mean, even if you your time horizon, years, even if your time horizon was like five to ten years, yeah, you can still yeah, do get just it, fine. Get there, it, you know, there haven't been many. There haven't been many, if any five and 10 year rolling periods in the stock market where you would have lost money investing. So um, yeah, it's, it, you don't want to try to get too cute. You don't want to try to figure out you're going to pick a bottom and get all your money in its bottom because that never works. And you'll never it get is, back in if you try to pick a bottom. I mean, just somebody who's been yeah. in the market for years, this is, you know, we talk about it all the time. Boy, I'll tell you what, people get out of the market and then they just never get back. And yeah, I think, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, because two things happen. One, the market starts to go up and a person doesn't want to get in because, well, the market's going up. I'll wait for it to come back. And let's say the market goes keeps going down. Well, I don't want to get in because the market's going down. So you never you never get in. So, you know, the, the best, especially if you're somebody new, you have some cash, uh, you know, you, yeah, you're probably not going to catch a bottom. But, you know, today's a whole lot better time to get in than it was three months ago. Um, so, you know, you, you got to start feeding it in and and however you can do that in a palatable way to you do it and and dollar cost averaging you know isn't perfect i mean research says you know the biggest ally you have as an investor is is maximizing the power of time and the the way you maximize the power of time is get as much money into the market as possible and take advantage of time well that in theory that's great and the research indicates that's the thing to do the fact of the matter is, emotionally, it's very difficult to do because you're just going to feel like, geez, I just plowed all my money and it's going to be at the top. So split the baby and dollar cost average and say, listen, I'm going to be putting X amount of money into the market each month. Um, and, you know, if it, uh, the market's high, I'll, I'll be buying less. If the market's lower, I'll be buying more. But I'm going to get that in there, get that to work for me, and you'll be way better, way ahead of the game at the end of the day. And as we wrap up today's gains podcast, uh, what's your takeaway from you know where we're at, where we're going, 
Um, I, I, I've actually been waiting, just personally, uh, got some dry powder. I've been kind of hoping that the, the down there we go bearish because in the past when it, it's happened, it's always panned out really well. So I, I see this as a real opportunity, and uh, I, I'm, I'm sure you do as well. But uh, parting shots and, and, and thoughts you know, regarding this opportunity. Yeah, I, I think I think there's an opportunity there. I don't think necessarily um, patience is going to be a bad thing here. Um, I think we're we're still, you know, if it's a nine inning game, uh, I kind of think we're probably still in inning three, four maybe. Um, if if I had to pick an inning, so so there's I think there's going to be time here. Um, I wouldn't get greedy and. Uh, you know, say, well, I'm going to pick that bottom. Uh, if you see some stuff that you've really liked and it has come down significantly, uh, you know, put it, putting a toe in the water in that, maybe if you were going to buy 300 shares, uh, ultimately uh, you want to own 300 shares, go buy 100 of it now. Um, but I, I think that there will continue to be a bit of pressure on the downside here, at least, like I said, I think there's a few more innings left of some weakness here. And, uh, We'll have to see how things pan out. But, you know, the biggest thing is stay engaged, um, stay focused, and uh, be willing to kind of take advantage of these opportunities when they present themselves. I have just two quick things I wanted to, you know, as we wrap up the show. Uh, I just wanted to get your comment on this. You know, I, I like to the Gaines audience to kind of get a feel for, uh, you know, to, to understand our guests. First two regular uh, season series uh, for Major League Baseball canceled. Does that concern you at all? And are you a Cubs or White Sox fan? Yeah, I, yeah it bums me out. I'm, I, I'm a I'm a longtime baseball fan. Shoot, Andy, I still play fast pitch baseball in a thirty thirty and over oh, league. See, I didn't so. know that. I'm glad I brought that up. So, are you a yeah. Sox or Cubs fan? Well, I, I, I'm not originally from Chicago, so I don't have a dog in that fight. I like to see both of them do well. I had a great time when the Sox. Won it in what 05 and, and certainly had a great time when the Cubs won it. I suppose when the Cubs play the White Sox, and if I had to pick a team, I would pick the Cubs. But I, I you know, I'm not one of those all or nothing, um, sh- sh- you know, diehard Chicagoans that grew up and either, you know, you're a South Sider or a North Sider, and that's the way you go. So I like to see both of them do well, quite frankly. Very nice. I mean, if you were going to have a World Series winner, though, who would you like? The Cubs. Oh, the Cubs. Okay. I, on the other hand, I'm a White Sox fan. And uh, got to tell you, full disclosure, love the White Sox winning the World Series at twelve to one, plus twelve hundred on that. I like that. Let's yeah, take. No, a- I think that's a. They'll be a. They'll be a much better team this year for sure. I think the Cubs struggle. I think the White Sox have a pretty attractive team, and I, I think you're right. That I think they can. Uh, hopefully they can contend this year. Hopefully we'll have baseball to see them contend. <laughs> yeah, the, the Cubs, it's not looking good. I mean, you're basically looking at 101 to 1 odds. They're down there with such powerhouses like the Baltimore Orioles, Pittsburgh Pirates, and Texas Rangers. So uh, that's <laughs> interesting, though, real quick. So you you, you still actively play baseball for uh, in a men's league? I do, what Andy. Position? I have a pitching machine set up in my pole barn with a batting <laughs> cage. That's how... That is awesome. That is outstanding. And then, you know, that's almost too good. Uh, I'm so glad we we touched on that. And then one last other other thing. You had a ham sandwich for lunch today. And, you know, I'm a Hellman's guy. And you mentioned something about Duke's Mayo. And you said this is like next level. So 
Uh, just a real quick comment on that. That kind of caught my my ear when you mentioned that. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's there's no comparison. It's the best best mayo out there, Dukes. D u d u k e apostrophe s. Um, if you like mayonnaise, I know some people don't. If you do, you know, put away that Miracle Whip. Nobody really knows what that is. And uh, uh, let's go with Duke's. Solid, uh, solid. It's available in most stores, too. I'm a Hellman's store. guy, but I, I think I'm going to make a uh, a shift and, and try Duke's out. Well, hey, it's always great to have you on, and thanks for having a little fun with me at the end of it. That's sure, t- anytime, man. It's always a pleasure. That's Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow theory forecast newsletter in Hammond, Indiana. He's also author of the book, Winning with the Dow's Losers. One last time, give us that special website you always uh, provide for the Gaines listener. Upsidestocks.com. You can go there and get a free 30-day trial subscription to our Upside newsletter. All right. Well, you go and and, uh, go back to that pitching machine and start uh, practicing on your swings because your your season's going to be starting real soon, maybe before the MLB. Uh, Thanks again, Chuck. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And always, as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. We are back on Thursday, and I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 